0: In Hollywood, this this is the ToadHopNetwork.com. It's a groovy way of relaxing. Radio worth watching. Radio worth watching.
1: Hey, what's up, Geekscape? It's just fixing my camera here if you're watching live. Uh, it was a little weird. It's a little loose, so now I'm fixing my mic. Hey, Is welcome to Geekscape. We are live every Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m. We're going to talk about movies, video games, and comic books and TV. That's what we do every week uh, if this is your first Geekscape. If it's not your first Geekscape, this is episode 301, Ooh. which is crazy. Um, I realized today, I was thinking, um, you know what happened? We, we hired a bunch of new Geekscape writers. We got a bunch of new writers up on the Geekscape site to write, and one of them, this guy AJ, uh, is one of Matt Kelly's friends. They're in Philly, and I guess he went to an Elliott Smith like a tribute concert last night, uh, and he wrote it up. And one of the sites that uh, saw the the article on the event and retweeted it, and then uh, found out was uh, some tri-state area like music blog. And uh, I guess the concert hall that they had this 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 concert in is the World Cafe Live, which I'd never heard about, but I'd heard of World Cafe because there was a time when I was in college. Believe that. Uh, believe that I went to college. And uh, and and World Cafe is like a really well-known public radio show that does like a lot of music and stuff like that. And um, when I started broadcasting in 1997 as a freshman in college – uh I did the show. I, I did a show that would eventually influence all this. Um out of um out of a building at the University of Pennsylvania that was co owned by WXPN, which was like a public radio station that would put up World Cafe. So, like, anybody who listened to World Cafe, and I, I hear, like, David Letterman picks a lot of his musical guests at World Cafe and listening to that show. Whenever anybody would uh, listen to that, it was out of the same, uh, like, building that downstairs I was broadcasting my, my really crappy college radio show. And so today, when I saw that AJ had been retweeted about a concert, about the World Cafe Live and the World Cafe, it all just kind of came back. And I realized my god you loser you've been doing this for 16 years off and on and um and here we are like episode 301 and like we've been doing geekscape for seven years and and sometimes guys like you guys are what's keeping me going the Geekscape is, and the other thing that keeps me going is the guests like how else am i going to be meeting awesome people every week to talk about the stuff that we love the movies and video games and comics and the sci-fi and the fantasy and stuff like that and this week is no different I've got a, a good buddy of mine who I've actually known this guy for a few years. Wouldn't you say like like, like off and on for like four. a year? A, yeah, a couple of years, but we've never actually like hung out because he lives in New York. And now he literally moved to LA. Like what? Saturday. 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 He moved to LA. Thursday. I'm still he's trying on to Geekscape. process it. Are you still like jet lagged? No, because you're but, a New Yorker.
2: But I'm. This is FJ Desanto, by the way. I, I'm throwing his name out. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm, I'm processing, processing the cultural shift. It's like a weird,
1: because you you grew up in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to I went to grad school in New York. And and uh, where did you go? I went to Columbia. Oh cool. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, I, I'm a, I'm a I'm a nerd, and um, and it is such a cultural shift. Like it is so violently different. Yeah. Um, th- how are you acclimating to the sudden drop in IQ? Well, I'm sort of used to it. I mean,
2: I'm in the entertainment business. Right, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Um, but I was already coming out here, you know, half the time anyway. So right. I'm, I'm used to it. It doesn't feel different yet. It'll feel different when I don't have a return trip back to New York yes. anytime soon. But uh, I'm sort of used to it. I, I sort of, you know, don't mind it as much as I used to, I used to be, you know... Very, you know, when my hair looked like Mark Silvestri's and, uh, you know, <laughs> and I, you know, I was wearing the sunglasses indoors going all the time going, you know, oh, you're like a you night, know, late, late, late 80s Frank Miller. Yeah. I was like, well, right. you know, that, that's it. I, I was a subway stop away from Frank Miller. So, you oh, know, yeah? it's like the, you know, the he'd come to L.A. and be like, the city is my whore. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like he just start talking like Marv. Mm-hmm. And there were, you know, uh, you know, New York's changed quite a bit. You know, when there, now there's a lot of 7-Elevens, which we didn't have Yeah, like I remember... That's a Bloomberg thing. In college, like, uh, grad
1: school, which I guess was 2001, 2003, um, I went on, like, a quest from God to find a 7-Eleven just so I could have a Slurpee. Yeah. You know, and couldn't do it. Had to go to, like, Westchester.
2: The closest one was, like, Westchester. It was all suburban. I mean, I grew up in the, on Long Island, and it was all 7-Elevens. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, even our apartment in New York, uh, now within two, three blocks, there's two of them. What is that? Is that like the it, mob? Is no, the mob? No, I no, mean, no, no, you know, no. you know, like those, those no. theories about like, the mob it, owning like those, those mom and pop
1: shops because there's all those mom and pop shops, right? Yeah, but and the problem is the like... economy. Okay. The mom and
2: pop shops couldn't survive so he had all the, you know, at a certain point, it was Giuliani, to his credit, you know, made sure that those mom and pop stores survived as long as they right. could. And then Bloomberg, I think, had no choice but to start to let the Seven Elevens, Dunkin' Donuts. It wasn't a bunch
1: in. of like Teamster Union Mafia be- I like, keeping Seven so. Elevens. Unless I'm out. missing something, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I just think that. All, that I mean, it just sounds more interesting, really, to a kid that's usually bored with his life. That'd be me. Um, okay, so, so, so now you're here, mm-hmm. and you're still filmmaking. Yeah. What are you working on now? Like, 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 talk about your talk about your resume real quick. Let's just get your resume out of the way. You producer on. I I was a
2: producer on The Spirit with Frank. Yeah. Miller
1: uh which 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 Ian Kerner and I saw uh Christmas Day,
2: yeah, and then wanted to probably beat the chivalry.
1: um well, here's the thing I owe, last week, Ian Kerner and I went and saw kick ass two mm-hmm. and uh and I owe him twenty six bucks, so if you just pay Ian, we're good. <laughs> oh, <thank
2: God>. <laughs> <laughs> He's pain. He'll kill you. you know, my god the hell out of you. <laughs> you know. so, um, so, you the spirit. Well, I did the spirit, and then for a lot of years, I worked for Michael Yussel, who produced the Batman, you know, executive yeah. produced the Batman franchise. So I got to work on uh, movies like Constantine and stuff like that. And then the last couple of years, on my own, uh, a lot of comic writing. And then uh, I sold a pilot to Sci-Fi Channel called Orion, which is in development right now. And then. Uh, I'm also a producer on the Doc Savage movie. That's yes, The Man of did. Bronze. Yes. Uh, so stuff like that. And then I did uh, Insurgent for DC Comics, which they canceled halfway through. Thank you.
1: No, like yeah. I remember you promoting Insurgent just in our own group. Like we're part of our, our, our buddy list, serve mm-hmm. together. Um, and then I look up and it stops coming
2: out. What gives? Yeah, well, it's... Is it creator-owned first off? It yeah, but that's the DC definition of creator-owned. Oh no! Not to like oh, no. talk shit about. Oh no! Because we're it. just thinking that like maybe we can get the rest of the no. Series it's going to come out. Somewhere. It's going to come out at some point. I think digitally. Uh, I mean, they've been pretty good about it. I okay. Mean, the, the 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 problem with it was when I sold it now years ago. Uh, I sold it to Jim Lee when there was still a Wildstorm. Right. And the idea was that it was going to be a Wildstorm book, and then the changeover happened and new 52 happened and it sort of became this thing that was all the way over there that nobody had. You're like started. a band who
1: like, you know, signed to like a record label
2: and then the record label changed everybody. Right, like and they a, don't know what to do with the band anymore. So the, the band, problem is yeah. imagine that situation, the album was done. Yeah. So the book was done and it was literally, they sat on it for like a year, year and a half. And you're just going crazy. Oh, I'm pulling my, I was pulling my hair out. I mean, and the, what made it even worse was, you know, it was solicited up to the fifth issue. And then they killed it after the third issue. So they're going to put out digitally, which is crazy. But that's you know, in the modern age, it doesn't sell. It doesn't sell.
1: Uh, yeah, you're freaking me out, man. I know. Is everything just going to go trade like something like that? Like I, I'm no, not that wouldn't about, even come out as a trade. I know, right? but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not talking about like the like. When you think of the big two, when you think of Marvel, when you think about the books that sell single issue, mm. and will always sell single issue as well as single issues will sell, like Superman and Batman, and then you got the X Men books and the Avengers and so like that. Um, are these creator-owned or original IP ideas? Are are they better off not just having maybe an introduction via digital and a trade for people who want to hold it in their hands?
2: I think they should they I just, think just skip the whole single issue thing. I, I I don't know. It depends. I mean, look, DC and Marvel are gonna are not should not, and this is my own personal opinion, but I'm sure people would agree. with they they just don't shouldn't be in the creator-owned game, you know, right? And that's why Image thrives. That's why companies like Boom, you know, and all these other places are gonna thrive because there is that sort of vacuum in the marketplace that Marvel and DC are never gonna do, right? You know what I mean, like
1: even with stuff like uh, like we like uh, Vertigo. You right. know, I'm reading The Wake from Scott Snyder, like. Like, you don't think something like that is game? But that's still Scott Snyder. Do you right. see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm, okay. talking about, I'm talking, talking about, new like, if they're going
2: like, yeah. you know, Marvel has the Icon line, which kick in icon. Right. Them, but, Yeah, but that was a way to keep their big stars happy. Okay. Know? That's, you know, Fraction, Mark Millar. All so we're not guys. talking about the big stars. I'm talking, like, no, even but even if the big guys want to own their stuff, it's like, just bring it to Image, or one of these other places, or do it digitally. Right. You know, it's like what Wade's doing with Thrillbent. You know right. what I mean? like. We're, the next generation, I think, of, of comic book talent is going to become out of digital. Like, you're going to see self-produced stuff, and I think that's the way it's going. And th- those guys who are going to write Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, you know, there's no point in, in even going now to a DC and Marvel be like, here's my original idea. Right. You know, it's, 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 you know, go write those superhero characters that the corporations own. It's great. Make the best comics you can. But if you have an original idea now, don't, it'll just get you know, it'll it'll fall yeah, in the cracks. And like, that's what happened in Insurgent. Right. Insurgent was sort of like this thing that sort of sort of died in a transitional time in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and like I said, it'll still come out at some point. It, yeah, I'm really proud of it and it's really good. Um and I think it 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 was in retrospect better off as a collected thing, like what you were saying before. It maybe should have come out just as a trade as a graphic novel.
1: I'm just a knucklehead, so like if a month goes by I just forget what happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? They, like, you know,
2: that, that's the day and age. I mean, look, I I love digital comics because I'm that guy who wakes up and wants his Batman issue. And you right. just hit a button. Yeah, I it. love all that, and then I'll buy the trade. Miami so Vice like. is going to be digital. I what know. Do you I'm think very, excited, that? About that. very excited about that, What Do you think about that? Is it in continuity? It
1: is between seasons one and two. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I was uh, not to spoil too much, but. I gotta tell you, man, I'm like you guys, I think that uh things like as a fan, it's very important to realize like wait a minute in season one, uh Crockett was riding a stinger speedboat, and he had the uh you know he had a different speedboat in season two. How did that happen? How did he go well, that's from, the how, fun how did he, part. yeah how did he go from the stinger to the scarab yeah. right and it's like, all right, well, let's put that in a and concept.
2: there are fans who will, you know will kill you. I had if I had a couple fans uh, at
1: Comic Con come up and they grilled me, and they were like, what, "What are you changing? What are you keeping the same?" And I'm like, "No, like, come on, he's Michael Mann, like he's a master storyteller. Joel Surnow, like those guys are master storytellers. But do you have Abel Ferrara directed a comic? I know of the they're I know. all master storytellers. I'm I'm gonna come in and be like, whoa, ho, ho, let's no, change it up. No, no well, but no, but let me
2: ask you a question because I went through this. I did uh, the first thing I ever wrote in comics was Star Trek manga. Yeah." And, and this, that. we'll get to your Japanese. This, this leads into yeah. my question for you. And I did yeah. it Tokyo Pop. And at the time, when Tokyo Pop had asked me to do Star Trek manga, they'd already put out a bunch. And, um, you know, like original Kirk Spock series. Right. Manga. And it was great. It was the only Star Trek comics I'd read in ages. They did it here in L.A. It was all in English. Yeah. And I, I, the reason I got the gig was I literally said to somebody at there, I said, I love it. And they said, why don't you pitch some ideas? <laughs> so this was around 2008. So J.J.'s movie – or maybe it was like 2007. So yeah. J.J.'s movie it was, was like in development, yeah. right, or it was going to be shot. So, so what happened was I – and this leads into my question for you – is I pitched a bunch of ideas like you know, Kirk and Spock, uh, Mirror Universe, Christopher Pike. Sure. And they're like, oh, that's great. And they would have to bring it to CBS, mm-hmm. Consumer Products, because CBS was handling yeah. – and they have continuity people. They have people hidden somewhere who sit there, know everything – Inside and, out and go, no, yes, no. He said, you can't do that. I said, why? Well, Pike's in J.J.'s movie.
1: And, and you'd think that the, like, the, the difference in manga and like the style would give it some kind of liberty. Uh-uh. Like whenever X-Men no. or any Marvel does like their own manga line, it, no, this it's was almost immediately not continuity. This
2: was considered – I don't want to say it was full-on continuity. Like yeah. when Kyle Newman and I did uh, the Star Wars Smuggler's Gambit yeah. radio, the performance, Lucasfilm made a sign things that say this is not continuity. Oh, okay. Because they didn't want us going around with that. It but, but these guys were like, no, it is. Well, they were treating it as if it was. Sure. So they would sit there, and I pitched them like 10 ideas. I even pitched them uh, Riker-Kirk team up in the Hollow Deck. Cool. No. You know, blah, blah. And eventually I ended up doing Next Generation one right. because they realized they could have more freedom in that area. So we did that. And as I was doing it, you literally had people going, you can't use that character. Huh. Because he didn't appear in the continuity at this particular point. And I did sim- similar to what you're doing with the, you know, the speedboat, which, yeah. which was I was always fascinated by the fact, that I'm not a big next generation guy. I was right. like, I was an old school Star Trek fan, that when Picard became the Borg and killed everybody, yeah. <laughs> that they sort of never did anything to right. him. Like, you, know, hey, you don't arrest him, you don't question. Well, you, know, you, just, you him. just leave it? Yeah, so I did a whole story about that. But so the, my question for you is, do they have people like first of all, who are you dealing with Universal on it?
1: Uh, well, Lion Forge is dealing with the Universal. Yeah, I see. But yeah. are yeah. they right. there like? Yeah
2: going well jonathan you can't Not very do tightly
1: i mean I, I've, I've not gotten a lot of notes i'll just be honest with you i um i've not gotten a lot of no, notes cool. and i feel ignored and i feel unloved and i feel like nobody cares no i'm kidding uh i i uh i think they're i i don't know i, I heard they were relieved when i didn't want to change a whole lot like I, I i you know i mean like i guess seasons one and two are what everybody liked about yeah. vice so um let's keep it in there. I think that they're the, they're the cool seasons and um and they're also the characters are in really interesting places. I mean, they're both in transitional places. So, why why would I mean, that's all like cool stuff that you can mine for storylines and you know, they're short digital comics, so you let's punch them out and it'll feel like you have an episode once you have 8 issues. Right. And you can put it out in trade, which is the Lion Forge model. They're at Fan Expo right now and um we're talking about me going to New York Comic Con, but We'll see. I mean, we're shooting Doc of the Dead, and if I can do it, I would love to go to New York Comic Con because I love the city. And have you, you been know, to New York Comic Con? No, 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 it's, it's awesome. And it's I've, awesome. I've heard it's just blown up. The, the one that I'm looking forward to, to is Kamikaze. Like the the rumor is we're trying to organize. How do I say it's a rumor? I'm involved. Yeah. Uh, so we're trying to involve that, some, kind that was a, some kind of Some kind of a a vice reunion at Kamikaze, and if it comes together, it comes together. Oh I would God, love to I'm do it. There. Oh, it'd just be awesome. Like, I'm trying to get, like, supposedly Tubbs has my cell phone number. And I'm just like... If you you can get
2: the two of them, that's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, but I also want, like, uh, you know, I also want some of the other characters as well. You know, I mean, it would be great to get Castile. Of course.
2: (laughs) It would be great to get
1: all those people. So, um, we'll see. I mean, we'll just see what happens. You know, But, uh, but let's talk about your book. Let's talk about, you know, first off, let me tell you when, like, besides, like, your movie producing... I was I saw this and I was like oh my god I loved this thing, um, my wife and I way back in the day when we first started Geekscape one of the first things that like I think I reviewed and Shout Factory sent it to me was Turok, Son of Stone oh yeah what's up there like my wife and I watched the Turok, Son of Stone and it, like animated it like movie. It? Yeah, I liked it. My and my wife had like made me dress like Turok for like a, like a, a month. Oh, well, that's her thing. <laughs> yeah, the Turok Son of Stone thing was cool. If you guys, if you guys are like fans of animated movies, like the ones that Marvel makes or DC makes, like Shout Factory put out this Turok Son of Stone like animated yeah, movie. And I was you, a co-producer on that, and you wrote it. No, wrote no, 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 no. What happened? No, Tony you tell me. Bedard. Send me you know straight. Tony Send me straight. I don't know anybody. I, can, um, I hang out in my house. What happened? Well, yeah. What <laughs> happened
2: was. Uh, Michael Yussel and I were working with Classic Media, which owns the rights to it.
1: They have like a bunch of those pulp things?
2: They have like the Gold Key, yeah. Dell Comics Library, all that stuff. Yeah. And what people don't realize, everybody thinks that those were Valiant books and stuff like that, like owned by Valiant. They weren't. No. They were just published those, yeah. by them in the 90s and all that stuff. So what happened was originally we were sort of brought in to produce a Lone Ranger anime. Hmm.
0: Right?
2: And again, this is years ago. And do people
1: look to you for like the, the, the adaptations of classic anime manga stuff. Like in that in that situation, yeah, yeah it's like
2: you know how do we take this you know old property? And, Why wouldn't they just go to a Japanese guy? Because they, they want it for the <laughs> but they want it for the American audience. Right, so right. The idea right. would be we would develop it here and then get an animator. And right. so we spent uh, a lot of time developing uh, Lone Ranger anime. And at the time, Classic Media had a staff, um, you know, that could produce it with us. Yeah. And they said, we're going to bring a comic book writer, and there's a guy named Tony Bedard. And Tony um, has been around for a long time. He's a good friend of mine. Tony I met when he was at CrossGen, and we were doing a lot of work at CrossGen. Oh, so man, we, CrossGen. But Did he, you have to move to Florida? No, to no, 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 CrossGen? no. We just had the film rights to it. Okay. So we were, but I got, <laughs> got to visit, which was really cool. <laughs> and what happened was Tony had worked at the original Valiant, and he had written for DC, he had written for Marvel, he would written for everybody. And Tony had done some of my favorite books at CrossGen, in particular, great science fiction book. Called Negation, which yeah. is fantastic. My
1: favorite book with them, uh, I loved Ruse. Yeah, that Mark Wayne Mark Ruse. Ruse was
2: awesome. We had a great movie take on that that didn't happen um, because of the Robert Downey Jr. No, Charlotte no, or no, what? it was years before that. Yeah, we set it up at Disney, and then they had a regime change. Beacon in Disney uh, regime change, man, like yeah, it kills, that it, kicks you in the death butt in the every whole time. Industry, but, right? But Ruse was fantastic, and there was another one called Way of the Rat, which we had set up as uh-huh. a film, the Kung Fu one. Yeah. Yeah, which was another I remember my great, cross-gen. Exactly. <laughs> so Tony, we drafted Tony in to write the Lone Ranger sure. anime, and he did this awesome script, and it was very much Lone Ranger begins kind of thing, not like what the movie is and all that stuff. But your anyway, thoughts on the movie? Um, I didn't see it. Oh, because uh, you know, like Adrian, Danny, and I are like
1: fans of it. Yeah,
2: the the only three fans I know. <laughs> of it. Um, so what happened was we did this script. Which actually, I, w- I shouldn't say it's Lone Ranger Begins, because it actually starts off with them, Lone Ranger and Tonto, they're about a year into it, finding Cavendish. And Lone Ranger wants to kill him, and Tonto stops him, and they throw down. Yeah. And it sort of triggered a whole thing. and had some cool elements to it. But it was, lo- it was the, the twist on it, though, because it was an anime, was it was Lone Ranger and Tonto versus Samurai, who had come uh, searching a guy who tried to overthrow the government in Japan. Sure. So it was all a very cool excuse to have... That style. Lone Ranger and Tonto versus Samurai. Yeah. uh, Who had traveled.
1: And it's appropriate, the style. Yeah. So it's a
2: really great script. Unfortunately, no one will ever see it. And what happened Uh. was, in the middle of this, or like right when we had the script, Classic signed a deal with Buena Vista Games, Disney Games, to do a new Turok Dinosaur Hunter video game. Because the one for the N64 was awesome. Right. So they were going to do a whole new one. And the idea of the owner of Classic Media was, forget Lone Ranger, Take the whole team and go on to do Turok and we're gonna release it right around the time of the video game and sort of piggyback on right. the marketing for it. And we had this ridiculously tight window to produce this thing. So we wrote it. He like my nephew's hiding over there. He he was a little kid, like it was over Christmas. I had him in the production office like getting coffee for people. Because we were just racing to produce this thing. To write this to write this thing and to animate it. And animated all that stuff. And we were having conferences. What was calls. the window you think for Turok? I forget. It was like a it was so tiny, it was like a year. Like yeah. it was ridiculous. For animation that's ridiculous. It was ridiculous. And somehow that came out. The fact that it came out as well as it did, it's not perfect by any means, but the fact that it came out it's funny, you're the first person to ever ask me about that. Really? Yeah. Uh, that thing's
1: awesome. If, if I hadn't been a ru- in a rush to get out of the house, I would have brought it and been like, "Hey, FJ, sign my Torox no, Son of no, Stone." Go. That'd
2: be the only one to sign.
1: So, well, yeah, I mean, if, if you listen, man, you got to come over to the house, and uh, and my wife will be like, "Whoa, you're the guy, Torox Son of Stone." There you go. <laughs> now you have to dress his marriage. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, talk about this project that you've got going on right now that Arkea put out, like so this Zero. Cyborg Zero Zero Nine. 009.
2: Yeah. So. I know it, it, it's new to a lot of people, but it's actually a forty-nine-year-old classic. A forty-nine-year-old—it's been, com- like, been around for forty-nine years, as of July, July nineteenth. I had no
1: idea. I thought maybe the seventies. I thought maybe this was from well. No, the 70s. it's
2: existed. Um, what happened was well, you got you got to sort of backtrack. Shitoro Ishinomori, who created it, he's sort of like I, I keep saying this, but he's like he's literally like the Stanley or Jack Kirby of Japan. So he was a he was a protege of Tezuka who created Astro Astro Boy. Boy yeah, yeah. It. And he was starting drawing manga when he was a teenager in high school, like professionally. What? And, yeah, and he's sort of, you know, like the, the one of the all-time greats of comic book, you know, pro- storytelling, graphic right. storytelling. What were you doing in high school? And what was like, yeah, what was I doing in high school? Was, <laughs> you know, I had Mark Silvestri here in high school. And, um, uh, and, when I, and basically this thing's been around in print uh, this next year will be the 50th year. And he did like twenty three volumes of it in manga, and he has the Guinness Book World Record for most characters created, most pages drawn, or something like that. In mo- in, in
1: comic book period, yeah. In manga it, is like included. Yeah,
2: yeah. That, that mean, that means the whole. So Ben, this is Ultimate Spider-Man, like yeah, that's that's like, that's like nothing. That's like a week for each. Right, one. and um, so you know, number of his creations, like common rider, which everybody yeah. knows here. knows common rider, Kamen rider. Um, which you know, he actually designed to be a simultaneous manga and TV show. Like, he worked with a network. And that's like the green bug-looking dude. Yeah. But, like, it was the first time anybody ever created something simultaneously for print and vision. television. Yeah. So, like, he was really, like, ahead of his time. And... This and now you can't, like, do... I mean, I know, now, now you now can't it,
1: come out with an idea unless it's a transmedia. Right. You know? The dude was transmedia back in, like, the 50s. Yeah. In, so like, the 60s. Yeah. Insane. It,
2: it's insane. It's crazy how forward-thinking he was. And... So he created this thing during the Cold War, you know, and he had a very different worldview than most manga creators, which he saw the world outside of Japan. So when he created this, his idea was... It was was a cyborg 009. Yeah. So this was the first ever superhero team. And what's... Before the Fantastic Four. Yeah. It's it's before all this stuff. And or around the same time. Right. And, you know, it, it just blew people away. And it still exists. I mean, they've done an animation... They've done it. In in the print. TV cartoon, right? Yeah, yeah, they did the in the when well, you talk about the seventies. They did yeah. movies in the seventies. They did one about eight nine years ago for
1: Cyborg zero zero nine. Yeah, and are, are we just too
2: like uh, isolated as Americans to not like know about this thing? I, I don't know. Like, what's, what's know, our you thing? Mean, you know, what's fascinating is I thought that, and then when, when we announced this book last year at San Diego, and Marcus, the artist, we had a poster printed, and, and that and the artist is awesome by the way. He's, he's incredible. But what happened was, what I was surprised about was how many people started to come out of the woodwork. And a bunch of people, you know, signed this, signed this, had a lot of questions. Said, so, oh, it's not even coming out for a year. And then we went to New York Comic Con last October, and we did a panel uh, for Archaea, which was us and a couple of their other licensed sure. st- stuff. And there were about, like, ten people lined up to ask questions after. Like, eight of them were just all about 009. And Stephen Christie from Archaea, he said to me, because I think we could do our own panel at San Diego in 2013. To, to, and I went. I don't know, dude. Yeah, you, you don't, don't want really. empty seats. And like, then we, yeah. you know, sure enough, he was right. You know, we slammed this panel, and you know, there's there is a fan base there. It's just something that's been under the radar for so long and hasn't been in print here. So when I I had been working with the Ishimori Pro in Japan in my film capacity. Right, you were trying to get some of his stuff. To yeah, people. recognizing this. Yeah, where's know, our common writer movie? Well, because they keep making them in Japan. They make, like, two or three of them they make a year. Kamen Rider movies? Yeah, in Japan. They're, like, very Japanese Power Ranger-y looking things. You
1: can't make that here?
2: No. No, they, they. it's such a big business. It's it's a humongous... You thing.
1: can't have Bradley Cooper in a Kamen Rider <laughs> You can't do that? You can't have Bradley Cooper be a Kamen Rider? i put Ian in the Kamen Rider. I mean, Ian would have to be the in-the-suit, like, stuntman. Exactly. Once he gets, like, the two he's discs. The and... Listen, man, like, straight up, I think maybe Ian's listening, maybe he's not, but... Probably Every not. time I ask that dude to like, do something, he's like, oh, my back. on oh, my back. Oh, my back. Like, yeah, he's a killing he, machine. He needs to go to like a North African prison and have some old dude punch the discs back into his back. No, we could do that for Because like, he he all, he's magic, always complaining he about his back. He needs, he needs like, the magic rope. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He needs the, the Dark Knight Rises. But, but I'm like, what do you do? You're back, dude. Just get it fixed already. Enough of this. Hmm. You know, tough guy. That's that's my rant on Ian. I love Ian, but that's my rant on him it's all talking his tough guy stuff. It's all pride with that guy, and uh, and and yeah, we could put him in the suit once he gets his back fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're ta- you're working with them in, fi- in like a film capacity, right? So
2: what happened was we came up with the idea of what if we the stuff hasn't been in print here right in years. So the first thing we did was uh, I introduced the Ishimori group to Comicsology because oh, they have right uh, you know. All this, a lot of this stuff translated in English and no avenue for it. So why not put it out digitally? And Comixology was very receptive towards that. So now you can go on Comixology, you can get *Common Rider, you can get Cy- the original Cyborg volumes, uh, Kikaider, which is a great robot property, and a couple others. And we're going to keep adding to that as we keep going. And what happened was we came up with the idea of let's do a sort of modernized, I don't want to say westernized because I, I think in this day and age that's – that's yes. A misnomer. Yes. And you, you know, a modernized. And we're version, big in anime manga. Yeah, in like, the we're, West, we're, so, we're, it's a different yeah. culture than five, ten years ago. Right. So I said, what if we did a version where I could take this book to anybody who doesn't know it, give it to you, give it to my nephew, give it to. And they could learn all about it in one shot. Right. And everybody got really excited about that idea.
1: And Something to reintroduce it to at least the U.S. Not even reintroduce or the so Western, like, yeah. it the
2: Western. Yeah. It's a calling card for the whole property, meaning. Yes. Uh. What we did was, well, uh, I'll sort of backtrack, is, and I knew it had to be a, of a certain quality. Like, it wasn't going to be like a schlocky. It can't be version. like
1: a small, like, Death Note manga. Right. Like, it'll just get, it'll but
2: it can't be a pamphlet comic. And
1: it though. can't look like a manga because it'll be, it'll just appeal to the manga group. Right. Like, it's got to appeal to
2: regular comic book, a uh, wider. That was Cast your idea. net wider, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, having a relationship with Archaea, you know, I said, this, you know, they'll put out a book. Look at what they did with Tale of Sand all this stuff and my guys in japan really uh trusted in that yeah so they put out handsome stuff yeah so i said i i know the book will be good like i know it'll it'll be fantastic if we let these guys do it and so what we did was uh my co-writer brad cramp and i brad's a uh, producer writer also he he produced a lot of andrew nichols movies like World of war simone Uh, he worked on truman show and gattaca and all this stuff and we've just been talking about gattaca and the parallel. And how awesome Yadica. it was. Yeah, and I went, Oh my God, Brad, you should write this. You know, he's got a movie at Sony, all this stuff. And he and I put this together, like he did this wonderful movie treatment for it that we turned into the graphic novel. And and once we got the story sort of approved in Japan and we did the deal with Arkea, um, you know, that's when Stephen Christie sort of then brought in Marcus Toe and Ian Herring, who were the writers. Packaged the whole thing. He packaged like the artist and colorists who were amazing. And and then we sort of hit the ground running, and it was a relatively easy process doing the whole thing, but you have to make sure you walk that line between respecting the original material, and while creating something that's accessible to everybody new. Right. Um, and I think we did a pretty good job with it, uh, because it uh, to, to jump ahead, it actually came out in Japan in Japanese, on the forty anniversary. Yeah, this book, the yeah. Japanese version of this. Right. Uh, which was put out by a group called ShowPro, which actually releases all the DC and Marvel versions in Japan. They actually put out this. And as did people a, go nuts? Uh, I, I'm told it sold pretty well so far. Uh, it came out on the 19th of July, on the 49th anniversary, which is the day we... You
1: uh, couldn't wait a year and make it clean? <laughs> You couldn't, like, just wait a year? I don't know. That, that, that's... You couldn't
2: go fit. Do they not care about the word, like, 50?
1: Oh, no, no, no. They definitely do. They'll do well. Like, and,
2: oh, you know why? This year is the 75th uh, anniversary of Ishimori. That's why they did it. It's the oh. 75th birthday. Like, oh. I just realized all we right. have the logo on here for the 75th birthday and all this stuff. So it was to commemorate we that. You can do it
1: now. Um, well, listen, uh, let's take a spot break. Let's okay. come back. And, like, we talked about the making of the book, but we should actually talk about, like, the plot of the book. Okay. I think sure. that's what's going to get these kids to, put, to pick it up. Um, I read it. I loved it. Um, it's got a psychic baby in it, which is something that immediately, like, I'm into. Uh, it's, we- it's just weird, you know what I mean? Like, it's got a psychic baby who's not, like, Quato or anything. Like, it's, a, like, a adorable baby. Uh, we're going to talk about Cyborg 009. We're going to talk about a little bit more with F.J. DeSanto. Uh, I was getting some phone calls, but I ignored them, and I'm sorry. But... Th- hey the conversation was going well and uh yeah maybe next uh we're going to take the spot break when we get back we'll take some phone calls 323-622-8623 if you're still brave enough to call um if not i'm just going to keep talking to fj uh this is geekscape we'll be right back
0: You're listening to the Toad Hop Network, radio worth watching.
1: All right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, we're back with F.J. DeSanto talking Cyborg 009, a book that is currently available from Archaea uh, Entertainment. And, and I don't even really want to say Archaea Entertainment. Didn't they merge with Boom? Like, what do you call them now? Are you going to uh, have to change the logo on the sides of all your books now? I don't know.
2: I don't know whether, whether this is an Archaea book, only because it was that far along, but... Uh, I think they're just called Boom, and I think Archaea is uh, another imprint there. Or so now
1: Archaea is going to become an imprint at Boom, similar to their kids' imprint, et cetera, et cetera?
2: Maybe like a Vertigo. I'm not sure. I mean, they're all the same people. They, I mean, they're all there.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Like, Mel Kalo. No, Mel. I mean, Mel's their marketing guy. and It's, it's long past high time Mel came on the show. He's never been on the show. And um, he always gives me, like, free stuff that I, sometimes I talk about on the show and whenever i go to some event with with mel there are boom people there and this and that and I, sometimes i felt like they were the same company mm. and now they are yeah, <laughs> which they are. i mean did that i mean i think i don't know if that announcement that boom was acquiring arcaea uh, surprised anybody except for the expediency with which, with which it happened like mm. like it, it maybe seemed like an eventuality but then it was like surprise yeah, we're, no, we're getting we, married
2: yeah. You got good people on both sides, so it's like one of those things where it's like, it's a positive for the industry, right? You know what I mean? I mean, just even going there the last month or so, you know, to talk about promoting this and stuff like that, it's like, whoa, this, this, everything's escalated. The operation has, you know what I mean?
1: Yes. Now list the people you don't like at the company. No, I can't. Just write them on a piece of paper. I won't read it. It it
2: starts with Stephen Christie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it goes down from there, <laughs> and it's a long drop. It, it, well, like... I
1: mean, d- hey, did you see Two Guns, the movie that like came out of a Boom property? Yes, I did. Did you see it? Is it yeah, good? It's pretty
2: good. I mean, um, I thought it was fun.
1: I read the script. I liked the script. I, I just never got a chance to see the movie. Yeah,
2: good chemistry with those leads.
1: I want to see it, and, and here's the here's the real reason, Geekscape. Is the real reason I haven't yet to see it is uh, Corey Roberts hasn't gone to see it with me. The guy who I know who uh, you guys, Geekscape, know him as the guy who's done the best uh Denzel Washington impersonation like this guy made me see, like he got me to see flight you know and like like flight was all right but it's really great with 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 Corey because you know every now and then he can point out the um Denzelisms that always <laughs> happens like like uh it's almost like you know we all love Denzel Washington but you know every now and then there's gonna be like a are you sure you know every now I can't do it because Corey does it but uh every now and then he, he will ask are you sure he will look down at you from the top of his glasses he will go, ah, you know. He will. Uh, he'll. He'll do a couple different things, and they all come out of Corey Roberts's impersonation. Um, and then uh, it was good, though. Two Guns is good, yeah. and did, he, did that thing do well? Two yeah, Guns, it did, it did well, much. right? So like, there's gonna be like a Three Guns. I
2: don't know about that,
1: but there's a comic book Three Guns, right? Yeah. And I mean, is Boom kind of like they're Dark Horse now?
2: I, I well, I think. I, I, mean, always, I, mean, I think it's a very different ballgame. What I, what I mean Boom, by that is like
1: in the 90s, Dark Horse started off doing their movies yeah, yeah. like Mask no, I get, I get and, and I mean, Barbed
2: Wire and now Hellboy and so on that. What's cool about Boom is they they are taking chances on original stuff. They are. And putting yeah. it out there, which is really cool. And that that goes back to what I was talking about before with Insurgent and all that stuff. Yeah. Do
1: you wish you'd known the Archaea Boom guys then with Insurgent? I mean, or I knew the Archaea
2: you? guys then, but they didn't do that kind of thing. I think right. In... in if I had the knowledge I had now in 2013, yeah, our insurgent would have been a whole different ball game, right? But a very different. Would ball. have been handsome, like this thing. Yeah, it would have been gorgeous. Let me see that, that thing. It's gorgeous. Ball. I read it
1: digitally. You sent me a digital PDF of it. And That's it, why it, Mel is avoiding. And here's it. the. Here's the. Here, I mean, guys, <laughs> mm, I just smell it. it. Just it's handsome. Look, it's got a slip cover and everything you know guys uh, uh, foil is out the, the, you know that's 90s now you gotta have a cool slip cover and check this out check this out so the, the character's a cyborg I'm pointing this up for the camera um, but the, the, you know there's several levels to being a cyborg especially for a Japanese cyborg right because you gotta think about the character so look when you undo it he's got his nervous system and his musculature and then underneath that he has his soul which is like you know every cyborg story has to have a character with a soul that is in that is in jeopardy threatened by the villain there's a bit of duality cyborg and technology can go bad and lead to the villain right there how do you guys like story time with jonathan i show you the pictures you know geekscapist um it's like a read to you guys i got a funny message from martin scherer who's one of our longtime geekscapists and he didn't respond when i asked him what happened but i just got this random blip text that said uh, number of accidents I've had in my car while listening to GeekScape is now two. <laughs> and like, I was like, <laughs> What did Holy we do? Is it now? I guess the first time he was laughing and went off the road. And now I guess it just happened to him recently. And we'll update you guys next week when we what find his out. condition. I yeah. don't know. What you got to do the next
2: one at like Cedar uh, sinai like,
1: <laughs> dude, dude, Don't drive and listen to GeekScape, I think, is the problem. Um, and It's like Canada. Like there can't be that many people on the road. Like it's a territory.
2: <laughs> my nephew lives in Canada.
1: Yeah, you live in Canada? Montreal is probably nice, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so you probably know French and all that. You know French girls, more important than knowing French, you know French girls. Um, so let's uh, first off, we got a, a phone call and I found out it was Ian Kerner who was calling in. So I Ian, told you, it was Ian. yeah, Ian, Ian call back because he's uh, all excited. He's always like
2: Ben Affleck's Batman. Did,
1: I mean, he was calling to tell us this news that Ben Affleck is like, Oh, Batman he's like
2: Man of Steel too. doing backflips. Like, and I think it's rude that they announced it while we were on the air because, totally Warner Brothers, what were you
1: thinking? There. Ben, you're a buddy of mine. Like, what are you rude. thinking? Ben Affleck, let me tell you when I first moved to LA, I was one of those kids. I had a film uh you guys remember I think the geeks gave us heard this, but remember like old school like uh, the Coca-Cola contest that they would have before <laughs> movies where it was like I'm so and so from so and so university and this is my film. I was one of those kids. Were you? Yeah, and Project Project <laughs> Greenlight was a sponsor, so I met Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and like hung out with them and super nice and I've always been in Ben's camp since. Um uh, all right, all right. On the phone, we've got, uh, I think this is Ian Kerner calling in with some exclusive news that we just announced. Ian, how oh, are, what are, what are? what's up, buddy? Hi. <laughs> oh, that was oh. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: Ian, you're no doubt calling to discuss with FJ and I um, the whole uh, Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne Batman in Man of Steel 2.
0: Everyone already heard you say that. I was listening.
1: Yeah, so we want the Ian Kerner.
0: Want I want to be F.J.
2: Jonathan reaction. That's what I want to see. I'm, I'm cool yeah. with it. I mean, I would have preferred Brolin because it just felt... You like Josh Brolin. He's a little bit more grizzly. I just feel like if you're going to do that approach where Batman's going to beat the hell out of Superman, Dark Knight style, I'm not saying it's yeah. Dark Knight Returns, but I don't know, just something Brolin felt fresh to me. Yeah. You know, because the, the whole key yeah. to that movie, the whole key to the movie is going to be this, and Adrian's heard me say this a thousand times, the best part of the, of Batman Returns, Okay, the original Batman Returns. Yes, is when Bruce and Selina are are at the party and they're dancing and they figure out each other's identities and they can't do anything about it. Right. The tension. There has to be a thing in Man of Steel too, where Bruce and Clark are in the same room and Bruce is hitting on Lois and Clark's getting pissed off and they can't do anything about it.
1: But but Clark has X ray vision.
2: Yeah, he'll he'll know he's oh, he'll Batman. Know but he'll he'll go up to him and, and sort of mess with him, and be like. You know, oh, I almost didn't recognize you without your cape and cow. And he'll say, you know, blah, 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 cow. How do you know that? I'm the world's greatest detective. You know, yeah. it needs to be right. that and, moment. And, and, and
1: your disguise is Steel. literally just slapping on I mean, the, the, glasses. The glasses. The
2: it,
1: I mean, if you go with the ending of Man of Steel, like it is just slapping on glasses. Like there's no change in his, you know, walk. There was no change in like the yeah. his cadence or how he held himself. Like it wasn't. You know uh, that was one of my tiny complaints with Man of Steel. I, I I did enjoy Man of Steel quite a bit, and I'm looking forward to this. I mean, my response, Ian, is that Ben Affleck's my boy. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think he's talented. I thought he was talented in Mallrats. Like I don't, you know, I'm I'm a fan right. of his. And so you
0: loved him in Daredevil.
1: Uh, I, yeah, mm. yeah. Director's cut of Daredevil. I I can stomach that one a bit more. <laughs> um, I saw Daredevil twice in the theaters. <laughs> like I'll straight up tell you. Um, and I've got the director's cut at home, but uh. He, he, Daredevil, like just to be a quick, and I think the Geekscapers know this one too because I've said it before. Is I, I always kind of wanted after Gone Baby Gone, I kind of wanted Ben Affleck to direct the Daredevil. Yeah, oh no. And I always, would have and always better... wanted like Guy Pearce to play him, mm-hmm. played oh, by Matt right. Murdock. And of course now I want you know the uh, now I want a TV series of Daredevil with like the entire Dexter team behind it. That's you know, like that's what I want. But
2: um, I think Ben Affleck in 2013 is a better Batman than Ben Affleck five years ago. Like oh Oscar yeah. winning. Ben Affleck of Argo and blah, you know, he has a certain, I don't know, gravitas. Yeah, quality to him now that <laughs> didn't have, you know, like a, a, as a grown up, you know, that we've sort of watched him yeah. grow. He, and it's us who kicked the shit out of him. Yeah, but it's us that did that. Yeah, no, no, they, no, no. society picked no, up my it's, buddy it's Ben. It's him who picked Daredevil. Yeah, and I mean, and, and, and I would and love to think you J-Lo know, by the way,
1: thing and the, I mean, but I, would, I I like, like
2: Jersey Girl. I would love you like everything. I, but I would love to um, think. He like I think so. but it's weird what he does like. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's I the true i I don't like everything, but it's weird what I do like. But it's what true. What what is interesting? Though, like Iron
1: Man three. Um. Anyway, he, you were no, saying
2: he. I can't imagine Affleck now being Academy Award winning director, writer, blah, blah blah. You know, like doing these like great movies. I can't imagine he would have done Man of Steel two without the script or the story being good. That's he, what I'm hoping. Like. His attachment to it or him coming on board means they have a good idea. And, and you worked with Frank Miller.
1: And yeah. and supposedly I read that thing that like Scott Snyder and Frank Miller have been hanging out and seeing how to do a little bit of uh, – uh, Zack Snyder. Uh, Zack Snyder, Zach Snyder. And, uh, and Frank Miller have been hanging out to do a little bit of the – I think that's uh, a little Night bit exaggerated.
2: Yeah, uh, my I, I, worry I, I, is that – I think it's like they made it seem like – Wasn't Dark Knight Rising a lot of – wasn't Dark Knight Rising a lot of the, 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 the Dark Knight? Yeah, but you got
1: to – all like, Batman Why do we want more Dark Knight?
2: Is, is a, no, I I think every, I don't think it's going to be... Let the Frank Miller comic live there. Here's the thing. I don't think it's going to be like retired Batman comes out of... Well, I, no, I, think, I think the only thing they're from yeah. Dark Knight is how he beats the shit out of Superman. And that'd be cool. Then that's fine. I think it's going to be like, he's Batman. We don't have to do another origin story. He's Batman. He's badass. I think Bruce Wayne's going to come to Metropolis to figure out... How to rebuild or whatever. Because, and help Lex Kansas rebuild. Because Kansas is dead. Because, I mean, he has more in common
1: with Lex. That's the whole Than point. he has with anything. Both have, those guys can help oh my, Metropolis rebuild. I can't wait for that. And, and Lex is like, listen, man, don't trust the alien. And Batman's like, I am ain't going to trust the alien. He knocked my damn satellite out and my cell phone wasn't working for a week. Mm. Like, you know, like, <laughs> that's actual dialogue from the script. I have mm. an inside source. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, that's. I think that's interesting. If the first third of the movie, the first act of the movie, you have this... Lex and, and, and Bruce are kind of more on, on the even keel than, than anything else. And then all of a sudden, Bruce starts saying, well, wait a minute. Lex ain't really what he's, you know, advertised. Bruce, Bruce. And, then, uh, and then they got to put him down. But um, Ian, you're, you're, you're into this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, are we going to take you to a... I'm
2: concerned Ian has clothes on.
1: Right Ian, now. are we going to take you to the North African prison, hang you from a rope, and finally fix your back?
0: Yeah, I can really use that right now. So right, I mean, if that shit worked, I'd be all over it. So who's gonna do it? You gonna do it?
1: Yeah, maybe Kenny. Yeah,
0: Kenny, can you fix somebody's back? Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> just, 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 just punch me right there, and I'll be fine after, right? My, yeah, my punches are like love taps, though. Well, he,
1: well, here, here's the thing: like, like whoever, who, so whoever's hooking up with Ian isn't donkey punching him, which <laughs> I, I, it's, I think is like a change in in tradition. Ian, like, you got to go back to the old ways, you know.
0: Um. I'm straight, Jonathan. Sorry.
1: Okay. Um, Now that we've established that, let's go back to Cyborg009. Thank you for calling in, Ian. We Uh, love you, buddy.
0: uh, Yeah, okay, buddy.
2: (laughs) <laughs> Ian Kerner, everybody. He hates you. I know. Has he been on, on? Like,
1: oh, this guy, first episode. Oh, I 301 know. episodes he was on last week. Ian Kerner, everybody. Ian Kerner is like a...
2: So he's like a legend He's on a valuable this. resource to Geekscape. Oh, he's, he's a valuable he's, he's resource of, in our lives. He's one of the jewels of my
1: crown. The crown of Geekscape He's one of the, the jewels. You better be careful. Yeah. Um, go for the back. Um... Yeah, if you guys want to call up with some lunacy, it's 323-622-8623. But really, like, I'm, I want to use the rest of the time a little bit to talk about Cyborg 009, which just – I'll set up the Archaea book. It starts out, and you've got this cyborg who has some memories, and he wakes up. He has no idea what's going on, and he, and he realizes that he's part of a group of nine cyborgs. That have all been made as weapons. He's like the ultimate one, and the group that made him may not have the best of intentions. Maybe using them as weapons, which does go back to the whole uh, Shitaro Ishinomori Cold War idea. Oh, that's his theme. His
2: whole thing was yeah. technology versus spirit, right? And you know, and the beauty of it is, and this is with all his properties, is the heart and soul always wins out over the technology.
1: And so you got these these cyborgs re- realizing that. That not only are they are they people that can define their own destinies, that not be weapons, but they can actually be a, a force for good in the world. Right. Uh, but to do so, as you guys will read in the book, uh, they have got to get rid of the shackles of their masters who are like, uh, you know, evil. And some are, they're creating new cyborgs to come after them. And those are, you know, villainous cyborgs that have, you know, heightened powers. And they can only take them down by banding together. And here's the thing each of those cyborgs have their own personality backgrounds you know, uh, like, you know, like a street fighter roster, like they all have come from different parts of like the world. They all have like different nationalities and then they each have like different, you know, powers. And again, like I said, before the break, my favorite is the Russian baby, Ivan, who has psychic powers, like, <laughs> like, like the word balloons are all his psychic thoughts because he's a baby. He can't talk. That's crazy. And he's just psychically talking to all of them. And he's kind of like a, a little baby professor X.
2: Yeah. That's, that's a and good And he one.
1: floats on a little
2: baby. <laughs> yeah. We haven't. Figured out the logic of that. They always uh, had different ways. Somebody was either holding him, or he was floating in uh-huh. some way. And and uh, it, it's a great character. It, it, there's a lot of rich characters to it. And, and you know, the the one drawback to doing this graphic novel as opposed to um you know 500 page manga uh-huh, you know, is manga, yeah. is that you know we don't have enough time to tell everybody's individual stories. So we right. have to take almost like a Star Trek approach, which is you know here are our three leads: Joe, Francois, and Jet. Who are like you know you sort of your favorite cyborgs? Yeah, and rival, then everybody you know, gets their moment where you have to have that character moment because everybody's got a great story. Yeah, one it,
1: one's like swim powers, another right. one can you know
2: kind of do the chameleon and like mask himself with other people. Mm-hmm. And that and you know when you put it in context, what 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 really sets zero zero nine apart from Justice League X Men, yeah, is that these people were all randomly abducted so it's not like hey you're the chosen one or this horrible thing happened and i decide to put on this costume and develop these powers or you know not even the mutants who were born with it and there's a lot of angst to it this is really about people from all walks of life uh, different nationalities—that's the beauty of it. The different nationalities, which was a real symbol of hope for Ishimori when he created it. And it they were abducted. Yeah, they and were they were ab- forced with this technology. Mm-hmm. What kind of research did you do? Did you re- abduct people? No, I—I uh, I, uh, I abducted Ian. That's why his back's <laughs> all jacked. And um, his
1: cybernetics he, user yeah.
2: planting into his spine. Uh, no, because you know Ishimori was so ahead of his time. Like when you look at the cover, if I, uh, we actually list the uh, cybernetic parts in Japanese. That's from the original manga. That's cool. This, you know, so like he had thought about all these things and where technology was going and he was so forward thinking when he created it that that it, it, it was a real sort of pleasure to sort of take those elements to put them into a new context or a modern context because you didn't really have to change much about it uh you know and plus we had you know our art team was so freaking ridiculous and how good they were yeah who's this guy marcus toe and ian herring and they work out of a studio called raid in toronto it's like a Ramon Perez, who won the uh, Eisner for Taylor Sand, Francis Manipal. all these artists—they'll they'll hang out together. They all like have like a studio in Toronto. I've never been, um, and they all sort of work together. And they, you know, because they're all in the same room, I think the quality of work goes from here to here. Because they
1: compete a little bit, they compare, they, 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 they the get notes. Cage fight and shit. You, um, I mean, don't you just really hate talented people like that?
2: Oh, I mean, when when, when I do these signings with Marcus and Ian, and uh, they're doing these sketches, you're like, yeah, how the hell this, did you do that? Like. What? How the – what? Because, yeah. I mean, they literally – when we did this uh, – we had a bunch of books shipped from the printer in time for San Diego. Right. So we had hundreds and hundreds of copies, and by the third day, it sold out. And, like, the whole print run was gone. I mean, or the pr- run we right. had there was gone. And every signing we did, Marcus and Ian would draw in the books for – and they How many? Hundreds. They must, and they were
1: drawing a specific thing in each woman.
2: Yeah, like oh, which character do you like, and which? And this is beyond, like Marcus in particular has because he did Red Robin. Yeah, and for, there's like a whole cult of like Tim Drake fans. Weird. Who like you know? That's draw weird. Kid Flash, and I'm a Titan Teen Titans fanatic. Yeah, but, but
1: they're, just, they're just guilty
2: that in the '52 he was never Robin. Right. So now, so, now they're yeah. like,
1: hey, we'll make you feel better, Tim Drake. So, well, we're Red Robin fans. He, First Red Robin fans ever. Know, but he,
2: I mean, he just draws, and I mean, just the. Speed in which this, I mean, if you, when you when people see the book and you see the quality of the artwork, if I told you the, the length of time it took to do that book, you'd be shocked. It was so short. Like, they just pump it out. And it's like all high quality. It's crazy. It's like ridiculous high so quality. So, are they going to be more of these? I hope so. This one's got to sell a little bit. Have to sell more? Uh huh. Let's hope.
1: Uh, like, how many? I don't know. Uh, uh, we'll see how many Geekscapers we talk, have.
2: Talk to Mel. Mel. Okay. Mel, be like, and Mel listen, will we know.
1: have. We have X number of Geekscapists. you guys got to sell Y number of books every
2: geekscape is to buy it how much is that book this book yeah 24.95 24.95 it's pretty it's cheap. Like a nice I mean one. look at this I mean it's, it's nice Hardcover, all this crazy yeah. stuff it's like you know a high quality they're
1: like I only read Walking Dead it's like well listen man Walking Dead comes out once every 6 months you can you mm. can read it once a year really it comes out you can read this like mm. like you guys are always asking like on the forums or on the facebook or on twitter uh, for recommendations, and um, I would recommend this one. Not just because FJ here, because uh, you guys see how little I actually do recommend stuff, um, and I'm a little picky. Mm-hmm. See, see, I don't always like things, but I, I, I do it. like this, and um, and I thought it was a cool idea. And what's cool too is it, in the book, there's a lot of writing about, um, you know, Ishinomori and like, you know, in, in, I, I just felt like I had no idea. Right. Well, that's I had idea no too. idea
2: about this guy. That's the whole point. Is what we what we intentionally did in any version. We do with this, whether it's on comicsology, cetera, is we uh, we got David Brothers to write a historical piece in the mm-hmm. back you know because what I'm hoping is people see this book go, oh, this is cool what's this about? Find out there's a whole history with this and see and then all your buddies back out. in
1: Japan see there's a western audience for this, and then they get the film's rolling, Bradley Cooper is common writer.
2: And there you go. So we're all, just
1: doing this to help your film career. Is that what you're telling us? Yeah,
2: basically.
1: <laughs> but I mean, if it's, I'm going to
2: play the baby in the movie.
1: <laughs> I mean, he didn't do it. Yeah. He called up. I mean, he's kind of cybernetic. He called up, and I was like, "Hey, Ian, what's up?" Hi. Yeah.
2: He actually spoke. Kind of, that was actually all hey. telepathic. He didn't speak into. He wasn't the
1: phone. even talking to the phone. Like he is a Bluetooth. Exactly.
2: Hi. That, that'd be Ian Cyborg, the human Bluetooth. Yeah, I can see that. Just don't put your cell phone near him. You
1: can see that. I can see that. He hacks computers and stuff like that. It's Ian. Um, okay, so guys, twenty four ninety nine. You're gonna pick up this Cyborg Zero Zero Nine. It's been out for a little bit, and um, who knows? You'll you'll maybe you'll learn to appreciate it. and You'll start picking up some more of this stuff um, because we'd like to see. I mean, I'd like to see more of this because the story. If, once you read the trade, you'll see that this story is kind of ripe for more stuff. What else are you reading? What 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 else would you pick up that's not yours? Like. For comics. No, I get it. Sometimes Um, we
2: short shrift the comic. You know what's really good Yeah, is the DC Injustice digital series.
1: Based on the the video game? Yeah, like it's the weirdest thing. I saw that issue number one was one of the most highest valued books of the year. And I didn't pick it up because it was a video game tie-in. I was like, this ain't got to go go anywhere. You would
2: think that. And I've been buying it sort of, you know, weekly Sure, it comes out. and. What's shocking is how good it is. Like, I, I mean, I played the game. The game was okay. Right. But what was more interesting was the backstory and the sort of alternate universes and stuff like that. And it's like this universe where they're like all trying to take down Superman and he's a badass. But he's gone he, crazy. Yeah, he's gone nuts. And it's like, it's like, no, wait, that's Henry Cavill. Like, right. like, I actually would love that if that was like regular continuity. You know what I mean? Like, right. the, there's some really good stuff with that. So the, the, I'm really into that. I'm really into all new X Men. Yes. Uh, which I think like is great. Um, because they basically pulled a DC trick, you know, with an Earth One, Earth Two kind of thing. Yes. Where they went back in time and, and got the younger versions of themselves. And and,
1: now, are there mo- no now like DC is it going to create problems where there's multiple timelines? Because I don't see the current day changing in the X Men, even though the the old 1960s X Men are reinterpreting their experiences. Like they're re- they're having new experiences, it, it, and it's not paying forward. You know what I mean? It seems like it's an open loop, not a closed loop.
2: Right. Well, it depends. It depends on how they do it. Right. Um, but uh, I love all the Scott Snyder stuff. I think uh, the new Superman book is pretty good.
1: I think the three Batman books at DC are good. Yeah.
2: do oh, You know what the You know, best, who I just booked? The Pete Tomasi uh, Batman book is the best one.
1: I just uh, – I booked Greg Hurwitz for like two or three oh, weeks cool. from now. And, I'm, and I love his Batman book. That's um, really cool. So there's going to be more comics coming down the pipe. Uh, and What about indies? What about stuff that doesn't have guys in capes?
2: Um, Archaea has a book. That I love and uh, cyber it- no 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 yeah it's funny I would have been the biggest asshole ever um, <laughs> no the the they put out a book a couple of years ago called Old City Blues what is that it's I don't know how to describe this it's like a Greek manga like a Greek Blade Runner it's by this guy in Greece he drew it all put it online and then Arkea put out a collected version of it uh-huh. and it's literally like like a black and white hand drawn uh, manga. Not in a manga, it's like done, it's influenced by Japanese manga, but it's, um, you know, futuristic police, Blade Runner style, called Old City Blues, and it takes place in like Athens in the future. Right. And it's just a cop thing, but it's visually really cool, and the second one is coming out, I forget when, but I think, I want to say October. And you're loving it. Yeah, I, I, they've been, I go to the office and I go to the, the editor this girl, Tay, who's like their best editor, and. I I go show me what's new in Old City Blues. That's-
1: oh, and you're spoiling it. You can't wait.
2: No, I should. They're going to actually print the second one in manga form because I right. feel like there's an audience for it. So that that I think is great. Um, oh God, what else? Uh, I was reading the Dark Horse Star Wars book, but it sort of petered out for oh, me. Oh, it did.
1: That's the Brian Wood one.
2: Yeah, it's, it's good. It's just it's like I don't know where it's going. Right. Um, what what else? Uh, I'm on the spot. So. Um, We're just gonna have to send, you just send me a list and I'll post it on the you know, site. Like the Jonathan Hickman stuff I really like. Yes, and uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff out there.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a great time to get into comics, and you shouldn't be intimidated by the fact that like the history of comics was superheroes because there's so much not superheroes that is great. No, career. you know
2: how you know you gotta explain that to the rest of the world. People don't get that. Right. People think it's just all capes and cows and stuff like that, and you know it's like. Um, you know, and I, I got my, so my
1: wife to read Jeff Lemire stuff, which is like the, like an easy sell to like, it was like read some of this Jeff Lemire stuff. And then, you know, he's writing some good DC stuff. I got to read Animal Man. Yeah, he um, liked
2: Animal Man. I gave him the uh, crazy, right? first uh, trade, and he loved it.
1: It's really crazy stuff. It's like nasty and icky and weird. Yeah. Um, okay, so FJ, if you think of any new ones, email it to me. I'll put them up on the site, okay, and you guys cool. can recommend it. You know, maybe follow FJ on Twitter uh at what's your twitter FJ, at fj desanto fj desanto follow fj on twitter and then you can maybe he'll throw some recommendations out at you i'm at jonathan lennon on twitter you can also follow geekscape on twitter at geekscape.net um we hired new writers we got some new stuff coming at the geekscape website uh geekscape.net's where you can find that also we're on facebook search for geekscape on facebook you can like us kenny is crippled kenny on yeah. twitter you can follow him we are here every week Talking movies, video games, and comic books. And next week is a video game week. We got uh, Jake 108, our writer Jake 108, our Halo specialist. We're going to be previewing the fall, which is bringing us huge titles like Batman or you know, Arkham Origins. Oh, I can't wait for that. We've got GTA V, which is going to be my crack. And a ton of stuff. Uh, if you're a, you know, Of course, obviously, the Xbox One and the PS4, uh, we've got to talk about those things and which one's going to make the splash and which one's not. Uh, which we're starting to bend towards one, towards the other. We'll just see what happens and uh, not to forget Nintendo because they've got Wind Waker HD and a bunch of other stuff coming out as well um, so video games that'll be next week we're at Geekscape we're from 6 to 7 here on the Toad Hop Network thank you so much for FJ for oh, thank you coming for by the it. book is Cyborg 009 Arkea Publishing putting it out go look for it and go buy it we'll be here next week see you guys peace again i feel it pounding in my chest